Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next hour is devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about how what, why we believe as we do. A time for the open-minded willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind what we think we know, who we are, and who we might just become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, our chat room is open, and my partner, Ravinder, as always, awaits you there now. Don't stand her up. Get on over to that chat room. You can log on by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. We do have a great chat room, so Ravinder, tell us all about it, please. Yes, do not stand me up. <laughs> say that the right way around. Um, yes, we have a fabulous chat room. Um, I'm always learning more stuff in there, and there's a great group of people, so we have lots of fun in there as well. So do come join us. That's provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat, and never, ever, ever stand me up. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In this week's Spotlight, I wish to discuss self-sabotage. Most people are totally unaware that they are sometimes controlled by internal mechanisms that are designed to protect, but that actually function to sabotage certain goals in their life. The fact is, all of us possess self-destructive elements that can manifest at any time and in a variety of ways. This is not so silent, enemy. Within us, usually, it remains in a stealth mode, despite its repeated pattern of interference with our own self-declared desires. Psychologists define self-destructive patterns this way. Behavior is said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems and interferes with long-standing goals. The most common self-sabotaging behaviors are procrastination, self-medication with drugs or alcohol, comfort eating in face of weight concerns, and self-injury such as cutting. These acts may seem helpful in the moment, but ultimately undermine us, especially when we engage in them repeatedly. But now there are other self-sabotaging methods that go unnoticed by ourselves as well as the world around us. We would, why would we all have these click-were internal self-destructive mechanisms that betray our best intentions? Technically, most of them arise as a result of a defense strategy. They can be as simple as something we do in order to avoid rejection that is the result of an embarrassing childhood episode. For example, take the fellow who simply couldn't laugh. We'll call him John. Indeed, John was unable to even fully smile. His wife and friends thought of him as stoic, and that was fine with John until he discovered that he was often not invited to events because of his lack of humor. When he made inquiries regarding this, he discovered that others found him to be a bore who would wilt the humor in any party. This saddened John, so he set about discovering why he behaved this way. What John learned was that a childhood event led to his inability to relax and laugh. He actually found many things humorous, but he withheld his expression of the same because when he was young, other children had mocked him for the way he laughed and for his twisted smile. Now, John did not consciously say to himself something like, 
build a defense mechanism that prevents me from being ridiculed in the future because of my laugh. Albeit, that's exactly what his ego managed for him. It is, after all, the job of a healthy ego to protect us, so John's automatic mechanism with click whir precision simply arrested his expression of humor to protect him from ridicule. And this unconscious automatic mechanism remained in place until John made his uncovering and set about to consciously change this behavior. Okay, this is a simple example of how a mechanism can work to destroy our lives, but there are also some very compound and complicated mechanisms that can arise for many reasons, including compensation. It is our nature, as the herd animals that we are, to seek acceptance and avoid rejection. It is also our nature to compete for attention, or in the alternative, to adopt low to non-competitive strategies as a pattern of avoidance. For some, both of these patterns can actually be operational and activated at different times under differing circumstances. The bottom line is this. We all have self-sabotaging mechanisms of some sort that raise their ugly heads from time to time, and that is why certain goals can remain unattainable despite our very best effort. Eliminating self-sabotage then becomes a primary step in getting our own houses in order. In at least one sense, ending self-destructive patterns is the weeding out of ideas and behavior that prevents us from achieving all that we are otherwise capable of enjoying. As such, the path to success requires the elimination of self-destructive behavior patterns. The objective of ending self-sabotage begins then by recognizing that we all possess this potential. Pursuing its possibilities, we begin to recognize patterns of behavior that have common antecedents. Diligently attending to your thoughts often reveals inner beliefs, bias, and the like that you really do not wish to continue to own. Strengthening your resolve for deliberation, you gain more control over self-regulation. Each time you are successful at halting an automatic mechanism, you begin to break the pattern and thereby close this one away. It's that time of year when most of us make resolutions, and those who don't typically have made so many failed ones in the past that they gave up on the idea. If you're going to be successful changing your life, then remember this. In order to fulfill your dreams and ambitions, you must take the time to retrain your mind. If it was properly supporting you today, your life would be full of what most call magic. My thoughts anyway. What are yours, Ravs? Oh, there's lots of thoughts there. I do like your click word descriptor there. <clears throat> that fully explains the automatic nature of all these kinds of behaviors. And in the chat room, they were just talking about, you know, poor John, you know, what he had to go through. But what happens is we all have these mechanisms in play. There are things that we refuse to do or because we think we're not good enough we don't even try and it happens just time and time and time again so the story of John can be it can sound a bit extreme and and weird but I think if we all take some time to examine ourselves we will find the same kinds of things going on we all have them and we do you know I, 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 I can clearly remember when I was a well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me tell the story beginning here. 
William Gillory, then chair of the chemistry department, University of Utah, uh, asked me if I wouldn't share some of the research we were doing at the university or at the at the prison system with his university honors class. And you know, since an honors class is a small group of people, I said, "Well, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to." Where are you meeting? And that's when he told me Kingsbury Hall. Now, I took you by Kingsbury Hall. Yes, you did. This is a huge hall. You know, it seats uh, 1,500, 2,000 people. And I said to William, well, why Kingsbury Hall? And he said, oh, Black Chemists of America are in. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm president of Black Chemists, so I want them all to attend, too. Now, that's some 800, 900 of the brightest chemists on the planet, okay? And there was, I mean, I was like hitting the gut. It was, I told him I would. On that given day, I even drove there. But when I got out of my car, I didn't have control. I was shaking all over. Uh, there was no way in the world I was able to even imagine myself getting up in front of all those people and just simply telling them what we were doing at the prison system, okay? Something I talked about to a lot of people every day, but there was just this gripping fear. I ended up, you know, pretending that I had a flat tire and driving away, dirtying my white shirt and making up all kinds of nonsense stories. It took me quite a while to tell William what really happened, but as serendipity or coincidence however you want to see it would have it not long after that an entertainer asked me if I could create a program for performance anxiety so I did and I finished it on a Friday night and I had reservations in a nice little cabin in southern Utah in the national park so I raced out of my offices but I grabbed a in those days cassette player and the tape, you know, that I'd be shipping off to her on Monday so that I could quality check it, and off I went to southern Utah. When I arrived, I got into my room, you know, I laid back on the bed, and I thought, well, I'll play this tape while I'm kind of looking at some of the papers I'd taken with me. And I did, you know, I, I leaned back, and I fell asleep, and I had a dream. And the dream was a true-life revivification of something that happened to me. When I was a boy, I wanted to be a singer. You know, I was going to be the next uh, Elvis Presley or something, you know, this, this great new singer. So my family watched Hit Parade every Sunday, and, and number one song was Viol Condia. So I'd learned this song, I'd sung it and sung it and sung it. And so we were up in Wyoming at a family reunion. My mother's side of the family, very white-collar, attorneys, judges, business owners. And my father's side, very blue-collar, loggers, farmers. And they didn't always, you know, see eye to eye. So at a time that it looked like there might be a bit of a, you know, disagreement that my mother was uncomfortable with, she put me out in the middle of the floor. I mean, almost literally, you know, uh, (laughs) and said, my son sings. Share your song, Viol Con Dios. It terrified me. My voice broke up. I ran out of the room crying. And that was it. I'm through singing. I'm never going to sing again. When I had this dream, I sat straight up in bed, realized the correlation between the program, performance anxiety, and the whole notion of my fear of public speaking. And my fear of public speaking came from that first fright experience. I was never going to be in front of a group again. That was never going to happen to me again. But I had no conscious awareness of it all. However, once 
like most of these things. Once you uncover them, once you see what they are, then they lose their power. It's kind of like, you know, you have that boogeyman in your bedroom, and you call mom and dad, and they flip on the light, and it's really the way you threw your jacket or your shirt or something over the door. Well, they don't have to move that. They can just close the door and turn the light off again. You know what it is, and so its power is gone. We all have these mechanisms, and sometimes they go not only unnoticed, but the fact is they sabotage us our entire lives. And that brings us to the subject of our show today, but I'll slip away from that and do our letters first. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of involving you while paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Mary wrote, I love your show. Bob wrote, I just wanted you to know that I received a copy of Gotcha yesterday as I had ordered it from Barnes & Noble. This is one of the most interesting reads I have come across in a long time, and I've read thousands of books. I wanted to thank you for writing this book, as I have read just about all of your writings. Well, thank you, Bob. Uh, Gotcha is a different book. Bonnie wrote, I love your inner talk program, on fire with a passion for life, bouncy music with subliminals, etc. I listen to it while on the treadmill, typically with a smile and a sweat streaming down me. And 30 minutes gives me about two miles. It's bouncy fast. Millie wrote, Earlier this week, I was feeling extremely stressed and anxious about various things, election, family illness, etc. Then I played your Intertalk CD, Optimism Plus, just one time. And the results were amazing. Right away, I felt so much better. I've been playing it at night this week, and it has real healing effects. Lisa wrote, this about our Intertalk Quantum Younging program. I believe 52 and still kind of hot. Ha, ha, ha. After listening for many years. You know, Lisa. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Well, Lisa, you're absolutely still hot. Joanne wrote, love my healing CD and guess what? My dog is right there with me as soon as she sees me get comfortable and put it on. She gets anxiety. I believe it helps her. They're great for everyone. You know, that's interesting, Joanne. I've played our programs for our animals as well, horses to dogs, and they all seem to respond. I just thought they were, you know, maybe listening to my voice, hearing it come through. But who knows? What do you think, Rav? Oh, I've heard from a number of customers saying the same kind of thing. I've heard of a parrot falling asleep every time they put on sleep soundly. I've heard of dogs calming down and becoming de-stressed so no I've heard that a lot and they're obviously not familiar with your voice particularly or they don't have the same connections that I may have so yeah no animals do respond too Hmm. (laughs) Brian wrote I've been purchasing your products for a few years and there's no doubt in my mind that your product actually works finally and I hope I pronounce your name correctly Eulelia wrote I really enjoy your radio show. I love the letters from listeners since I'm using Intertalk myself and find it very interesting to hear about other people's experiences. There was also an interesting conversation about music. I'd like to know more, so I even found an app which could detect your voice or the music you play, and you can see the result. Geometrical shapes. Very interesting. It is indeed cymatics, the study of the geometry of sound, and I do so agree. It is absolutely fascinating. It's especially tutorial for me sometimes when I view the songs that our guests choose. 
All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by emailing me at Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at EldonTaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. We sincerely appreciate your comments and feedback. Now to this week's show, resolutions, solutions, and the role self-sabotage plays in undercutting our best-made plans. Ravinder has agreed to an interview regarding this subject today since it is something she often discusses with customers who phone our office, people who have found themselves stuck, missing enthusiasm, failing to believe that they can change, largely because they've been unable to do so in the past. So you're up, Rab, but first, let me share with the audience a little about who you are. Ravinder Taylor is Vice President of Progressive Awareness Research, Incorporated. She has been with the company for plus 25 years, beginning in the shipping department and working her way up. As such, she is very well acquainted with every aspect of the company's operation. She currently directs overseas the marketing and PR operations, contributing editorial content, web design, copy editing, and research proposal. She left UK's Department of Trade and Industry, known as the DTI, to join PAR. Before the DTI, she was employed at the Leicester Royal Infirmity, Infirmary. <laughs> That's a nice slip of the tongue, isn't it? In their public health laboratory. Ravinder holds a Bachelor of Science degree in microbiology from Aberystwyth. Aberystwyth. Okay. <laughs> University in Wales. <laughs> A bachelor's degree in metaphysics from the University of Metaphysics in Sedona, Arizona. Has studied hypnosis and psychotherapy in the National College of Hypnosis and Psychotherapy in London, England. And is an ordained interdenominational minister. And, of course, she is the lovely co-host of Provocative Enlightenment. So on that, Rav, let's begin. My first question to you is the obvious. What has self-sabotage got to do with keeping our resolutions? Absolutely everything. If you think about it, you know, you don't make resolutions to change things that you're happy with. You make resolutions to change things that you're not happy with. And you make a resolution because you've tried to make a change and you've been unsuccessful at it. And the classic example of self-sabotage is when you keep on trying to do the same thing over and over and keep on failing. Well, then you have to look at why why is it you know so difficult why do you let yourself off the hook so take one example you know a really common new year's resolution is people want to lose weight um there, there can be several there can be lots of different things that are going on but just a couple of examples you know you can have the person wants to lose weight so they're going to go on a diet but january 1 they're still recovering from new year's eve and you know tight days drift on and then they suddenly realize well they haven't managed to keep their keep to their new diet at all and what's the point because now it's the 10th so it's not a new year's resolution they're undermining right there their goal with the idea that well they've procrastinated so much that it doesn't work or you know they want to go on a diet but they're upset and stressed so they need that piece of chocolate cake to help them uh, get over it so once again they give themselves an excuse they're sabotaging their own goals for other ways and I think one of the worst things out there that's also one of the most common things especially as you start to get a little older there is the idea that well everyone puts on a bit of weight as they get older it's normal so therefore 
the extra five pounds is fine. Oh, now it's the extra 10 pounds or now it's the extra 15. You just, you sabotage your own goals with these ideas that it's normal and acceptable. So you end up fighting yourself. So New Year's resolutions is all about, well, to the majority of people, it's all about bringing that extra determination and they're going to fight it. But if they're not dealing with the cause of the, the self-sabotage, well, then they're never going to achieve the goal. No power willpower is going to overcome uh, a hidden mechanism. Is no, that what you're saying? not at all. It's so not a case of discipline. It's a case of figuring out why it's going on. It's not so, a case of forcing yourself. So if you're using food improperly, you're using it to assuage anxiety, you're using it um, to fulfill yourself somehow, you're using it... Uh, Be sociable. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things. Um, then it's the underlying cause you're talking about that, that we're ignorant of that is what really is the issue. So willpower alone, it's, it is or it isn't any good. Um, it can fight you. No, I mean, you want a certain amount of willpower, I would say. Uh, you have to be, yeah, being determined to, to keep the goal, to make to, the resolution in the first place. And then to do the uncovering? Yep, that that takes work. That takes a whole lot of work and uh, a lot of introspection, a lot of self-thought. Um, and I also think, you know, when it comes to resolutions, it's important to be kind to yourself. There is this idea of, oh, I failed, I'm a failure, I can't do anything. And that's another form of self-sabotage. You're once again sabotaging your goals. Um, so w willpower will only take you so far. I think that's so what it comes down to when there's self-sabotage involved. No, you have to do a whole lot more. So, what do you do? I mean, do you make resolutions? What do you think of resolutions, New Year's resolutions? Well, I do and I don't. Um, I believe in um, always working on self-improvement, I suppose. So, I don't keep, I don't hold resolutions just for New Year's. In fact, I can actually have a period going from... December 26th through the end of January where I'm, I have more focused attention on all the things that I want to change. That's not to say that I'm not thinking about it all year long. I just give it even more attention in that, in that period. And I don't hold it um, hard and fast. January 1, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I will start it just as soon as I can. So that can be December 28th, 29th. As soon as I decide that I'm going to do it, that's when I will put it into action. And I think that's a really important one because if you wait for a particular day, a certain time, a certain something, um, you set yourself up to fail. So I do make resolutions. I do think about it, um, but I'm not hard and fast about the January 1 aspect of it. Okay, so now on Christmas Eve, the universe greeted me with a broken nose. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> it, it Freak accident. I won't. I won't let anybody know you hit me. And and you know there were responses in the family. Of course, our both son, both of our sons were here. But you had a personal experience where your own self esteem was where you realized that your self esteem was challenged. It was challenged not because you were ever mistreated, but because perhaps you were, in your words, too spoiled. Do you want to share that? Yeah, that's a really interesting story. You know, I've shared um, 
online and in newsletters and things like that, my own uncovering with esteem. And I've worked with the esteem program numerous times. Um, and yeah, there can be lots of things in the past that can cause you to have poor self-esteem. But one of the, what happened, you know, you, you had this broken nose. We went to the hospital, but my car, my own car is in the shop right now. So the choice I had was to drive your big truck. It's a big truck. I'm from England, you know. You drive a little mini. That's what I learned to drive in. There's a huge difference between American trucks. I've driven the truck before, and every time I've driven it, it's been t totally fine because, if anything, you get better visibility and whatever. But we also had lots of snow at the time. Now, one of the things I discovered is you're always really good to me. You know, you will always say, oh, I'll drive for you. Oh, I'll do this for you. Oh, I'll do that for you. And I wasn't aware that that had undermined my my belief in myself. You know, you were just being, it's like I haven't filled, put gas in my car in years. You know what it's like to go up to put gas in your car and have to look at the instructions? You know, what should be totally automatic. There are lots of little things. And then with you out of action with a broken nose and the trip to the hospital and, you know, that was very painful. You had the flu at the same time, I mean. That sucks. That was just really, really bad. Um, so then, you know, I have to take responsibility for a whole lot more th more things. And I realized there are so many things I haven't done because you've just been really nice. You're a perfect gentleman. You open doors for me. I'm not used to opening my own door, you know. Yeah, that can sound really spoiled. But that's just, just the way it is. And I realized when my son said, I'll drive the truck, I didn't fight. I didn't resist him at all. I have driven more years than my kids have been alive, you know. So well, who should be the? But I should be. But I am the most. After you, I'm the most experienced driver in the house. But when my son said, you know, they'll drive, I didn't fight it, and I realized then, you know, I've I've got to stop this. You know, this is a whole different area a different way to get poor self-esteem because I didn't believe in my own ability, which was absolutely ludicrous. So right then and there, you made a resolution. We're late getting to break here, but we're going to go there now. Following this short break, we'll be back to flesh out more of the story of resolution solutions and the role self-sabotage plays in undercutting our best-made plans. Now, we have a video for you in our chat room today discussing luck. What role does luck have in all of our successes. So if you're not already in the chat room, get on over there now. Just go to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Do please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Do you feel like you've become lost in the funhouse, only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you? I invite you to step through the doorway and onto a pathway leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestselling book, Choices and Illusions. Now expanded, updated, and revised, it will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free of your current perceptions and begin your journey to How High is Up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment 
with Alvin Taylor. If you've just joined us, we're chatting about resolutions, solutions, and the role self-sabotage plays in undercutting our best-made plans. Now, we usually ask our guests for their favorite music, music that has some true significance to them. Music psychology by now, as you should know, is a hobby of mine, and it has practical relevance in many areas, including intelligence, creativity, personality, and social behavior. Today we played music chosen by Ravinder. I Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis Presley. So please tell us, Rab, why is this music important to you and how does it instruct us about who you are? You know, I was tempted to trick you with this one. You always talk about the importance of the words of songs and I was going to choose a song where that's in Punjabi or Hindi or something that I don't understand at all but I just like the sound um, but I didn't I went for this one because isn't that obvious I mean he's the king that voice that song that just takes me away every single time I think that song has been part of my life always um, his his voice and the the music and the melody and the smoothness puts me in a special place and then he sings about the highest quality of humanness of being able to love and to love openly and honestly you can't help do anything else it's about expressing the the best part of being human i just think it's a fabulous song and elvis is the king no self-disclosure about a boyfriend i don't know about or something huh no this one actually i would have heard this song way way before i was even interested in guys and so no it was just about reaching my own highest maybe fantasizing about being in love one day or being loved that way one day um but no it was way way i was a uh, i was young when i first heard that 14 or so yeah i was a good little indian girl though 
We yeah, weren't, but that's we what weren't the band even allowed. Shows, nevertheless, but we a, weren't allowed to date and stuff like. I wasn't even thinking about guys. Okay. Um, what does self improvement mean to you? Self improvement, actually, you know, there is a saying in business: um, if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, and I suppose that's really what I think about self-improvement. If I'm not working on something for myself in becoming a better person, learning something new, learning about myself, um, understanding my place in the universe, but if I'm not actively doing something towards that, then I may as well be dead. You know. So it's a constant, ongoing, it's something that I, yeah, you know, the ladder of life. Whenever How you're young, when you're young, you go to school and there's a great emphasis on education. Well, I think it's crazy that education should end at 18 or 21 or, you know, do however far you go. I, I think it's crazy to have an end point in education. Uh, but education doesn't have to be just in books. I do a great deal of that. Um, I'm constantly trying to learn something new. I think that helps exercise the brain and that keeps your brain younger as well, which is a big deal to me. But yeah, I think it, it's everything. If you're not actively growing, if you're not thinking, thinking about who you are and what you want to be, then you're just being swept along by the current and you can lose yourself. All right. Why do you think then that resolutions are so hard to keep. Well, we covered some of that. Of course, self-sabotage is the biggest part of that. Um, you, you, you resolve to change something in your life because you haven't been successful at it. Um, and so that's when you have to look at the underlying programming that has gone on from, you know, what was interesting, you, you used to smoke for the longest time. And one of the things, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that you haven't smoked now for, what, 10 years More at all. That. And But prior to that, you were a heavy smoker. But one of the things, when we were talking about it all the way back then, you talked about cigarettes being your friend. And that whole concept was really alien to me. But I've heard that more and more from people who do smoke. So then it's not just the case of the habit. It's you know, there's underlying causes to it. You can't just say, no, I'm going to stop smoking. You have to address why you need such a friend. Is there a different way to get the comfort that you would get from that friend instead? So um, with any area that you look into, you will find some form of self-sabotage. I had a customer call me on the phone once. Um, he was an older gentleman and he said that this one, you know, it's a type of story that you hear over and over again, but it would make me angry too, because I think, what a waste. But this guy had been told when he was at school that he wasn't any good at math, so he should choose a career that did not involve math at all. By the time he called me, he was in his 60s, 70s, 80s, I don't know, somewhere up there. And he, he had avoided math all his life. And he had had the realization that he wasn't even trying at math. And so he got, you know, he asked me for a program and we have a program specifically for math is easy. And the affirmations on that particular program are all about math is easy. You know, so you change that talk that says, um, I can't do it to I can do it. You change the talk from it's hard to 
No, it's easy. As soon as you do that, you start to get out of your own way. As long as you've got that fear that you're incapable of doing something, then that internal chatter just makes so much noise that you can't see your way through it. You have to stop that I can't type of thinking, first of all, in order to discover what it is that you can do. As long as you think you can't do something, you will never try your hardest at it. We have numbers of testimonials from people uh, whose children were failing in math or failing in English, failing in all sorts of different uh-huh. areas in school. Uh, that once you know they engage this different way of talking to themselves, you know, once they use the program, they uh, their grades changed. We many of those letters where they went from D's to A's or F to A's, and and some of them are from you know I mean we've got letters like that from law school graduates, uh, medical doctors. So it isn't just, as you say, it isn't just that lower level of education. No, not it's at a all. continuing set of education. Lawyers frequently, you know, when they're trying to get through their bar exams, you know, we've got a number of those testimonials. You know, th- there is such a, a fear about the bar exam because it's sp- supposed to be so um, so difficult that that fear would just, you know, if you're constantly saying this is hard, this is hard, this is hard, well then you can't learn the material because your mind's already full of junk. Right. (laughs) Afraid, afraid, afraid. Uh, You have a cycling story that illustrates, uh, I think, what, you know, we should all think about whenever we're thinking about resolutions, you know, because it isn't just the New Year resolution, as you pointed out. It's you discover something about yourself and you want to change it. Or maybe you're not even trying to change something. Maybe you want something new in your life. It's fresh. It's something you've never done. Maybe you're in your 50s or 60s and you've entertained the idea of going back to college to get that degree or to whatever. And so you're going to turn to that. And, and it's going to take some special tenacity to be successful. I love your cycling story for that reason. Share it with us. Yeah, that was that was most enlightening for me. That you know happened a few years ago when our boys were younger. They started biking, so you and I decided to start biking with them. Um, it wasn't long before the three of you were leaving me in the dust. You know, I couldn't keep up. I mean, there were times William, our youngest son, you know, I w- I was encouraging him at first, and so he'd be complaining nonstop. But whenever he wanted to catch up with you, he could. It's like, why am I remaining at the back with you when you could leave me at any moment? And I couldn't, I couldn't catch up. And I tried and tried and tried and was unsuccessful. And I kind of decided, yeah, this is some of my own self-talk. But I decided, you know, well, maybe it's the guys. They're just stronger than me anyway. I, you know, um, maybe I'm just a female. I know I shouldn't admit to such thoughts, but <laughs> but I had I had those thoughts, okay? I I tried to find excuses for why I couldn't. Now there's a circuit around here, you know, just a, a big block, you know, um, right around the block. And there's a bit where it's a steep block of acreage. We should make that clear. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um I think it's actually three and a half miles right. around that circuit. But there's block. a bit that goes uh downhill. Um, and then it goes uphill. Now, you and the boys would love going downhill just as far, fast as you can. Me, I'm going to be cautious about coming off. I mean, when you're going downhill, you can build up quite some speeds. But then you'd come to this hill. This hill would defeat me every time. 
every time I would come up to that hill, it's like, I'm going to try my hardest, I'm going to try my hardest. But I would invariably stop at about 20% up this hill because I knew I couldn't do it. I knew it wasn't possible. You guys were always leaving me anyway. So it didn't matter how much determination I had before because I would think about it every time. This hill, I had, to, I had to beat this hill. I was determined to. 20% up the hill, I would stop. And I wasn't overly tired. My legs didn't particularly hurt. I just knew that I couldn't do it and my bike would wobble because as you're going uphill, you go slower and slower. It didn't happen. Then one day we decided, um, for some unknown reason, to take our bikes in to be serviced professionally because you've always done the servicing on our bikes. Um, so we went in and the guy at the, in the bike sh shop said, oh, yeah, of course you're having a problem. Your brakes are partially on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, I've been riding all this time with the brakes on. Now, I'd actually changed bike as well in this period of trying. This had been going on for quite some time. So part of me is thinking, did you always have my brakes partially on when you service my bike? I don't know. No. But no. anyway. No. You had a new bike. This Just was a as new feasible bike. as me breaking your nose. No, you got a, you got a psychological here. And it's important but there was. Because the brake was a very tiny brake on. But as soon as in your head, you had but a reason. But I had reason. a reason for it. So we're back to this circuit again. And I come down the hill and I start to go up the hill. I hit the 20%, easy, 40%, fine. 60%, I'm beginning to push myself. You know, 80%, I persevere. I will do everything. You know, I bust a gut trying to get up to the top of this hill. I put everything that I can into it and I reach the top. Now, the difference, though, the really interesting part to all of that is in my earlier attempts, I had all this determination, but I never pushed myself as hard as I did on the last time. But the last time, I thought I could. So, therefore, pushing myself made sense. You know, what's the, what's the point trying at something if you're just going to fail? Flip a little switch in your it head. It was that believe switch. In I believed that I could, so, therefore, I tried that much harder so then that made me think what about all of our goals if you believed that you could well first of all you're going to achieve you know I would go from that 20% mark to that 60% mark that was three times better and I still wasn't exerting myself but I believed I could just doing three times better at anything that you do wouldn't that be fabulous forget about actually succeeding you know just doing three times better than you are today with a flip of a switch, a change in a belief, you know. And then after that, yeah, my determination and willpower kicked in. But there wasn't anything holding it back. There wasn't that stupid chatter that was going on saying, I can't, what's the point? That it wasn't there. So then I, I could put all of my energy into the determination. It took determination. It took force. My well, legs were killing me by the time I got to the end, but I have done it. I have defeated that hill. That is my hill. Right? So that's my mastership. You own it now. That's I a own steep, it. steep, long hill, and you own it. All right, listen. You chose to put our Resolution Solutions album on sale right now. And, and I understand that's because everybody is thinking about resolutions. That's why this show... But, you know, tell us about it. 
what what is the resolution solution album the resolution solution album is all about supercharging your resolutions so you know you want to think about what it is that you want to change and why you want to change it you want to make all the plans that you know uh to do it um but then that determination, the procrastination. Remember early on I gave the example, you know, people have these New Year's resolutions, but they don't keep to it on January 1st for whatever reason because they've still got a hangover, who knows. Um, and they don't keep it on the 2nd or the 3rd. And then by the time the 5th comes along or the 10th comes along, what's the point? Well, the resolution solution, um, it's an album of programs and it's all about putting action behind your desires it's about making things happen um it's um it's about it will assist you it's uh there are nine programs on eight cds in this collection it's a 250 dollar value that we're offering right now for 99 dollars. but there's even more to it so let me just carry on before you jump on the price whatever um the resolution solution is all about firmly setting your intention, eliminating that procrastination. You know, if you can just start, start your resolution right now. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for a new day. Don't wait for the end of the week. Start it right now. Boost your confidence so that you know you can succeed, just like me coming up that hill. I knew that I could because the brakes weren't on my bike anymore so I knew that I could <laughs> but when you know that you can you will try harder that is all there is to it eliminating those self-destructive tendencies you know forget those ideas about well everybody puts on weight or everybody's memory goes as they get older da, da, da. you know forget those you know believe in yourself control those impulses you know for that extra drink or that cigarette or that piece of cake or that staying up or that party or not studying for your exams who knows control those impulses keep you motivated you know keep on track stay positive you know a positive mindset a cheerful positive optimistic mindset will help you achieve your goals believe that you can achieve your goals because you can um you just have to believe in it. Stop that silly chatter and activate your own powers of creativity. Find creative ways to help you achieve your goals. Now, as I said, this particular um, album is a, it's a $250 value that we're giving right now for $99. But as an additional bonus, we did this, you know, um, to subscribers of the Inner Talk newsletter. Uh, we actually told them, and I'm telling everyone on the air, so this is not freely available. You're not going to actually find the information on our website. But if you order this at the special offer price for the $99, then choose one additional program, whatever that may be, whatever your specific goal is. So if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to stop smoking, uh, pass exams, feel better about math, just be more optimistic, choose one of the other titles and we've got around 300 in a talk titles so that there is something for whatever goal you may have choose a title put it in the comments box at the end of the order and we will include that free of charge with your resolution solution so they just simply put um, I also want the weight loss uh, CD and in nature, music, music. nature yeah yeah just choose one single in a talk program for whatever goal it is that is specific for you you know 
actually no this is the this is the way to turbocharge your re resolutions this is a way to put action behind it this is a way to eliminate that silly chatter that tells you that you can't do it and uh, yeah um, pick up this program and you'll fast be on your way and once you've achieved one thing then you'll start looking at other things and then you can join me when you know in this whole idea that self-improvement is what life is all about you just reach higher and higher and the ladder of life how high is higher. it yeah okay well you know i want to know this before we get out of here what's the role of luck in success luck i think the best example there is um preparedness meeting opportunity I so luck, totally agree luck does play a part most certainly um, because it has to be there but you have to have the right, right mindset to take advantage of it so if you're not prepared mentally if you haven't defeated these self-sabotaging uh, mechanisms if you you are not prepared for it not just oh yeah I'm prepared please where is it but really prepared then it'll slip by you. Absolutely will. And before, so it isn't just about, oh, I want you know to lose some weight, or oh, I've got a new resolution and I'm going to go for it this time, or you know, it's also about what might come to you potentially tomorrow. Yep. That you don't even know about, but if you're not prepared for, that opportunity will pass you by. That's true. Before we go, I do want to let everyone know for the Resolution Solution album, the easiest way to find it is if you just go to provocativeenlightenment.com, click on the chat room. I've always, I always tell everyone, you know, the chat rooms where we put up links and everything, and there you'll find an easy link that will take you directly to this particular album. But you have to act quickly because the special's over, I think, on Sunday. So that's Provocative Enlightenment. Provocativeenlightenment.com, click on the chat room. Yeah, think of me and go to the chat room, and you'll find it right there on that page. <laughs> don't, don't stand her up. All right. About 45 seconds. What resolutions did you set this year? Me, you know, my resolutions are about continuing, actually. It's a journey. It's getting better and better. So, no, I'm going to work harder at writing my book. I'm about 60% of the way through my book. Trying to find time is my challenging. It's about learning continuing to learn. I'm doing language courses right now, so I'm going to work harder at the Pimsleur courses. I do the great courses. I want to keep my mind fit and young and healthy, and I want to do that marathon this year. And We actually signed up for the Bloomsday. I have us signed up, so the Bloomsday run we'll be doing in May, and so we'll be uh, on track for the marathon. So no, it's about doing more of what I'm doing and always paying attention to see what I can do better great i want to thank you rav for your willingness to share so openly with us today well, i do appreciate it and i know our audience does as well we've come to the end of another episode of provocative enlightenment i want to thank all of you out there for joining us today i hope you enjoyed our show and will join us again next week same time and same place and do tell your friends let's have them join us as well okay until next time wherever you are in the world remember believing in yourself always matters Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. 
For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.